This is season four of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful perspective. Are you ready to turn the D in divorce into daring discoveries, decadent delights, and delectable desires? Then don't delay. Join me for today's episode. It's time to indulge in your delicious new life after divorce. Happy Podcast Wednesday, friend. You know, there are only two more episodes left in season four. What can I say? Time flies when you're being spicy, especially after divorce. Speaking of happy, it's the holiday season and the happiest time of the year, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a Scrooge, but the holidays, they can be a little much for me. All the shopping, all the planning, all the co-parenting. You know what I mean? Maybe you can relate to this. So I have invited a happiness coach all the way from Nova Scotia, Canada, Patricia Wall, to remind us this season just what it means to have the whole baguette after divorce. And I'm not talking about that kind of baguette today, okay? I'm referring to that mindset of having it all. I mean, can we really have it all after divorce. Well, we're going to talk about that with Patricia, and she's also going to share her definition of happiness and how happiness has changed for her since her divorce. All right, let's start this chewy chat with two spicy facts. Two spicy facts. Patricia Walls, I am so happy to have you on the episode today. I've been waiting to have this chat with you about the whole baguette. So thank you for joining me and the listener. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And I was just thinking about when I met you last summer on the gram, I call Instagram the gram, and I saw your bright smile and just like your joyful energy. And then I read in your bio that you were a happy-tude coach. I'm like, oh, the universe is like, meet her, get to know her. She has something you want to know. So that was fun. And then we had that chat. I'm like, oh, she has to be on season four of Sadie's Divorce and Happy. So thank you so much. Now, I want you to share before we dive into our chewy chat here, what are your two spicy facts? I don't know that it's spicy, but it's probably quite interesting in the journey I've come. I was married for 10 years and I asked my husband a very serious question. I asked him if he was circumcised. Okay, first of all, was he circumcised? Uh, He's thinking, I love how no. she's <laughs> no. She doesn't remember. There have been just way too many lovers since since that situation. Okay, so he wasn't. So you, oh, I, okay. Uh, there's just so much to say about that. I don't think I've ever been with a man who's not been circumcised. So what was that like for you before? We had it was all I ever knew. Oh, wow. I, was, I grew up Catholic and, you know, traditional wedding and I was married. Well, I was probably I got married at 25, uh, but we have been together for a couple of years before that. So I was, um, yeah, I was not experienced in the anatomy. And I had two boys as well that, you know, I didn't get them circumcised either. So even though we're talking about baguettes today, this will not be the actually the theme (laughs) of the episode listener, but that is really funny. Okay. And then what is your other spicy fact? Well, now that I know what circumcision is, (laughs) I have always been curious past couple of years, you know, you're on TikTok and 
all these people are doing this spicy, fun stuff on OnlyFans. And I think it would be kind of fun to do OnlyFans. What would your niche be? What would you focus on? See, I've I've had men tell me to do like the only foot page or whatever that's called, the foot, yes. the foot fetish, whatever. I'm like, no one wants to pay to see my feet. I promise you that the feet would not make me much. So I, you know, that's a hard pass for me, but what would you do? Yeah. Well, I think I'd like to, you know, dress up uh, in costume and have fun. <laughs> I'm feeling some tingles over here. So we better. Okay. That is very, <laughs> very fun, spicy. Yes, very fun, spicy facts. So now we've learned that you are out of the box, which I love, I love, I love. But now I want to hear more about how did you become a happytude coach? You know, I read about your story and your bio, which your bio is in the show notes. So the listener should definitely read that because your story is really powerful. But what was the catalyst for that? Was it your divorce? It was 100% my divorce. I was And what is a happy to coach? Well it's it's a it's a life coach and so it's a happiness coach and, and the name of my business is Happy Tood. For me, about being happy, you know, after being married for twenty-four years, uh, and I wasn't miserable, but the last couple of years it just it just wasn't, you know, right. We grew apart and I was actually in the middle of developing a program for the provincial government where I work full time in Nova Scotia. Uh, on building personal resilience. So I was kind of going through this divorce, didn't tell anyone I worked with that I was going through it. And I was doing some research and I stumbled upon a certification as a happiness life coach. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Did some reading on it and then signed up and did it. So I actually did it because I really didn't know what made me happy. Hmm. I knew, um, you know, I knew I wasn't miserable, but I thought, is there more? Like, how do I define happiness? What makes me happy? And so I did that certification. Then I went on to do life coaching certifications and I work in mental health as well. So I just, people were coming to me for guidance, for advice. I was really loving this stuff. I learned a lot about myself. And um, then the rest is history. I just, uh, I take clients one-on-one and clients that feel like they're missing something in their life. I don't have a magic wand to wave. So I don't sprinkle, you know, happy you're not going to be my divorced fairy godmother, Patricia. No, I, I was really hoping be. to hear that today. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the one question. It is the one thing that when people find out that I'm a happiness coach, they will say, Oh, can you make me happy? You know, it's interesting, because I think a lot of times we do certain things because we think it's going to lead to happiness, we get a certain career, or we go to a a certain school, or we, you know, we live in a certain neighborhood, or we get married, or we get divorced, because we think all these things are going to lead to happiness. And I think a lot of people after divorce, when they're still not maybe feeling happy, maybe panic a little bit, 
you know? So I guess what I want to talk to the listener and you about today is what does it mean to be happy? What does that mean to you? Now that you've been divorced for so long, you've been married, you've been divorced, you've, you've had so many unique experiences. So what does that mean to you now? Because I think that is the big question. It is an emotion like any other. And nobody is in, you know, a total state of happiness 100% of the time. Because if you are, you're probably living in a world of rainbows and unicorns. I look at happy as just another emotion. And it's but it's, it's an emotion we're really attached to. We are. I mean, I named my podcast after it. after it. I mean, it's yes. it, it's it, because it it's just the word itself conjures up smiles and good feelings. Uh, But it's just energy in motion. And a joy coach doesn't sound as great as a happiness (laughs) coach. (laughs) So for me, it is about contentment. And it is knowing that, you know, there are ebbs and flows throughout your life, throughout your day. But when you appreciate, for me, it really is about gratitude and appreciating the small things in life and knowing that I'm content. And it's almost like, you know, a staircase, right? You know, sometimes we go up, sometimes we go down, sometimes we stumble and we fall. But at the end of the day, you know that you are content with who you are and I, I know it's a cliche. People always say, oh, happiness comes from within. But it truly is. It really is about your emotional mindset. We can put energy into complaining, finding things that are wrong, or we could put energy into appreciating the small things and looking for what's right. It's interesting because I know after my divorce, I've been divorced over five years now. And I know after my divorce, I was so just determined to be happy. I was determined for my kids to be happy. That was the, that was what life was going to be after divorce. And you're right, things ebb and flow. And a couple summers ago, I had a real low, like rock bottom low. And it really kind of scared me because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> I did not go through all of this to feel like this, but it was okay. It was okay because that time allowed me to refocus on things that were the small wins. You know, like I had to, I I wasn't really achieving the things, the bigger things I wanted to be achieving. So I had to kind of look at the small wins and I will say the small wins gave me the boost I needed to get back to feeling like myself. So I love that you shared that today. What would be a small win that you can give as an example to the listener? Well, for me, a gratitude journal is what really got me through that first six months. I was, you know, I have my kids were 21, 18 and 14. I was on my own, really, because they had kind of their own lives. You know, my 14 year old would stay with me, then he'd stay with his dad kind of back and forth. And there were times that that was tough for me. But I never went to bed without writing down three things that I was grateful for that day. And sometimes it was just the crow that squawked at me while I was doing a morning walk. It was, um, you know, 
a call from a friend. And I think the one defining moment for me that was a small win was I took my cat to the vet. So my cat was probably about 11 years old at the time. And his name was Enrique. He, he had... sounds like he should be the mascot for your OnlyFans page. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I digress. We all need a mascot. I have my mic. You you can have your Enrique the cat. Anyway, yeah. I digress. So he had, you know, my ex-husband's last name because that had been my last name. But when the cat. I... Yeah. So he Enrique That's precious. England. <laughs> oh, Enrique the cat had a last name. Okay. So what happened with him? Well, when I took him to the vet, I changed his name to my last name in the vet files. I cannot tell you the satisfaction I had driving home from the vet with my cat saying, <laughs> your last name's Wall now. It's <laughs> the small wins, listener. It's the small wins. It, it was. No that joke. Was they, really... they matter. They really do matter. It did matter to me. It was a defining moment for me. Like he was all mine. My kids still had their dad's last name, which is great, but he was mine. He was my cat. I got him in the divorce. <laughs> so what I'm hearing now is you attach happiness to something different than maybe you attached it to when you were when you were married or even maybe early into your divorce. Absolutely. You know, what made me happy uh, through the years, material things, you know, like the big house, the double car garage, you know, the, the big backyard, those things I felt made me happy. And it was always kind of that destination happiness, right? Oh, if we get this car, if we do this. And then when I moved out of my house and into my own place, I looked around and I thought, this, this is mine. I can decorate it how I want. I can move the furniture around and nobody is going to complain. And that to me made me realize it wasn't about the material things because what I held in my heart and the friendships and the people that supported me, those were what brought happiness. But it had to come from within. And I was, I was very good at faking it for a long time in my marriage. You know, I faked the, you know, I could have I a was really, really good big... at it too. I think, a, I think the listener and a lot of us were really good at that. We had to be, it was a way to kind of get through the day. Yeah. But you're saying. Well, I would have like a really big fight with my ex-husband and my neighbor and I would walk. I had a little dog at the time. And we would leave. Uh, I would walk out that door with my dog to go for a walk. And she would never know that my husband and I just had an argument. I never shared it. I never shared that part of my life at all. And one of my girlfriends actually said after the separation, I really wish you had to share with me because I could have been there to support you. And I felt like I had, you know, I had disrespected her in some way because we were so close. But now I will share with my friends when I'm going through anything. For me, I almost felt like I think that it was a failure and I wasn't ready 
to share that part of me. I think intimacy, what I've learned since my divorce too, which to just piggyback on your story, thanks for sharing that story is I've had friends who said the same thing to me after my divorce. They had no idea that I was so unhappy because I kept it inside because I wanted I wanted to present this perfect life because I, I, again, it's that shame piece, right? Yes. But now I've learned through divorce and through doing a podcast about a happy life after divorce, that happiness actually is vulnerability. When you can be vulnerable with someone, when you can really be authentic and who you are, you can be zany one minute, you can be really having a hard, hard day the next minute and, and you're accepted and, and you feel safe in those connections that leads to so much happiness, I think. Absolutely, 100%. And you you said a a really key word there, authenticity. It is being authentic to yourself, showing up for yourself, who you want to be and who you are, and not being ashamed, not being fearful that you're going to be judged for it, that you're going to be disliked for it, just being authentic. So having it all, having the whole baguette often means we have love in our life. I know a lot of my listeners have the desire to have a traditional relationship. How can you have the whole baguette without having romantic love? Is it possible? That's the question I've asked myself. I know, but I asked myself that I'm like, okay, what if I never really have that in the traditional way? And I know a lot of my friends who are divorced struggle with that. If you don't have romantic love, you, you can't have it all. Then you don't have it all. What do you say to that? I say, I call it BS. <laughs> <laughs> baguette BS. Okay. It, it's baguette BS because relationship coaches will tell you you've got to love yourself before you can love somebody else. And then society expects you to be in a relationship. It's like, so oh, much why pressure all the time. Yes. I know. It's I bananas. Feel like Well, I feel like sometimes I'm like a piece of real estate that's been on the market so long and I should discount myself. (laughs) You know, people will be like, you've been single for over six years. Like, what is wrong with you? Absolutely nothing wrong with me. I'm not dust. I don't settle. And I would say to anybody listening If you are putting so much energy into finding a romantic partner, take a break. Take a break from doing that. Put that energy into yourself and doing things with your girlfriends, doing things on your own. You know, take spa days for yourself. Take a vacation for yourself. Take yourself out to dinner and stop spending so much time wanting to have a romantic partner. I absolutely agree. I think we're really attached to romantic love in this culture. But one thing that I've learned through doing a podcast, through doing social media around happiness after divorce, is that when you have meaning and purpose, you have happiness. Absolutely. When you do something that you love, whether that is through your work that you're doing, it's through hobbies that you have, then you have, you find meaning and your purpose. We all have a purpose and some of us just haven't discovered it yet because we are putting our time and our thoughts into other people and they're telling us what our meaning is we're waiting for them to kind of show up with a sign that says, here's your purpose. 
and you need to look within. For me, one of the things that I did after my divorce was I did shadow work. I really dug into who am I? You know, some of the things about me, where do those come from? What are some of the things that trigger or activate me? Why is it? And that really helped me discover who I am as a person. And that helps me find meaning and purpose. And everybody's path is different. And it's okay to just have a different path and to stand up for yourself to lean in and say, you know, I'm good the way I am. I don't need society telling me that I need to do this and I need to do that. And just really having self-kindness, self-compassion is so important. I, As I said, I work in mental health full-time. And people do, uh, they give themselves not nearly as much leeway and compassion and kindness as they do for others in their life. And it really is important. We are all going to frig up at some point. Uh, we're going to do, say things that we're going to be like, oh, gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. Be kind, be gentle, be compassionate to yourself because that shows that you're human and that actually will help with your own happiness, your joy, your contentment. Patricia Walls, do you have the whole baguette? I feel like I I do. I feel like I really do. And I am single. I've been single for over six years. I date, but there's not anybody that is, you know, my significant other. I actually, sometimes when I think about having somebody else living in my space or me living with someone else, I think, oh, you get a panic dear. attack. No, it's good. I kind of do sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. I know, right? But then I tell myself, I would not for the right person. For the right person, that's it, fair. Would, it would be okay. I was just reading something the other day where there are a lot of people now who are partnered together, but they stay in their own homes. That's the most brilliant plan it I've ever brilliant. heard. You know, towards the end of my marriage, I would say to my husband, uh, you know, if we talked about building another house, I would say, I think that it should have two primary bedrooms. Like, wouldn't it be cool just to have your own bedroom? <laughs> that was probably telling in itself. <laughs> <laughs> and that I would introduce him as my first husband. And people would say, I didn't know you were married before. I wasn't. <laughs> He's still my first husband. <laughs> that and the whole circle. You had an interesting story with your ex. I love it. That's that's fascinating. So I know you've given us a lot of great input today on being conscious about what can actually make us have more experience, more happiness in life. Do you have one last suggestion for the listener? I would say stop listening to what others tell you you need to do. 
You know, they say that you should wait a year. They say you shouldn't date anyone younger than you. Oh, forget that. That's a terrible idea. My daughter told me when I separated, she's, she was joking, but she was in her 20s. She said, acceptable is half your age plus seven. File that away, (laughs) listener, especially if you're newly divorced. Don't go by what society tells you. Lean into yourself and just uh, enjoy life. We, we go this way once and enjoy it. And don't let other people live your life for you or tell you how to live your life. Unless they are doing everything else, paying all your bills and taking care of everything else, they're not telling you how to live your life. I love how you brought the word contentment up in our conversation today, because it took me probably four years after my divorce to really feel content. It is such a fantastic feeling. I don't think I've ever in my life really felt this level of contentment. That's powerful. Can you end with that and how that is part of having the whole baguette, that contentment piece? Contentment is knowing that you are a good person, that life doesn't always go the way that we plan it, but you have the tools, the resources, the resilience to get through any obstacles that come your way. And being able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm actually happy with the life I have created right now. Because we we sometimes look back with regret. We look forward sometimes with anxiety, but all we are ever guaranteed is this present moment, the here and the now. And if you are here right now and you are listening, you're not being, you're not anxious about the future. You're not worrying about the past. You're here being present, listening. Do more of that being in the present moment. And that brings contentment. Well, this conversation has made me want to do a happiness dance with you next time I'm in Nova Scotia, you know, any day now, let's do that. We'll be, we'll be like Anna Green Gables, but how can the listener follow you on, on the gram, on social media? Do you have a website? You can follow me on the gram, uh, happy to life coaching, Facebook, Happy to Life Coaching and TikTok as well. All of this will be in the show notes. Thank you so much on talking about what it means to really have the whole baguette after divorce. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Come laugh and play at the Divorced and Happy Pajama Party. Comedian Sarah McPeck will perform. There will be a best PJs contest, games, cocktails, and candy. Join me Saturday night, February 10th at 7 p.m. in my hometown, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Visit divorcedandhappy.net for details and to buy your tickets. But hurry, space is limited. This event is rated PR for playful, not risque. Thank you again, Patricia. That was such a layered and inspiring conversation about happiness and having the whole baguette. I am smiling right now, and I really hope you are as well. And I have to ask, are you a cat person, listener? Because I am not. And I loved it when she talked about giving her cat a last name. I couldn't relate, but I loved it anyway. So if you've given your cat a last name since divorce... DM me. Let me know. I want to know what it is. All right. Let's continue this whole baguette experience with a burning question. 
And today's question comes from Kate, and Kate lives in my hometown of St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay, here is her question. Hi, Sadie. I was wondering if people's culinary tastes changed after divorce. Did they start trying new foods or eating differently? Such a unique and, of course, tasty question. Thank you, Kate. I'm curious, listener, what you would say. I know my appetite for many things changed after divorce, like uh, who I dated and the physical arts in the bedroom and being experimental. You've heard plenty about that this season. But when it comes to my actual diet and my food intake, I would say, you know, absolutely since divorce, I'm, I'm much healthier with my eating. I'm not using food as a supplement for happiness, which I'm grateful for. But I will say in the last couple of weeks, I have definitely indulged in a lot of sugar, a lot of sweets. And I'm feeling kind of, you know, that feeling like ugh, just sluggish and blah. So Kate's question inspired me to do a little digging, a little research. And I found this awesome article. It's written by Barbara Mendez. She's a nutritionist and it's actually geared for people like us who've been through a divorce. And she talks about foods that we definitely want to increase in our diet to help reduce stress, like, you know, all the good stuff like sweet potatoes and nuts and seeds, which love all of that. And of course, fish, tuna, salmon, and your greens. I should be eating more greens. I'm going to work on that. So all of those foods help us have more of a steady mind and think more clearly and reduce stress. So I am going to share this article. I'm going to put it in the show notes so you can Reference it during the holidays and stay on track so you can reduce your stress because I want you to have a very happy holiday. And if your palate has definitely changed since divorce, I would love to hear about it. If you actually like to cook now, you can maybe inspire me, send me a recipe. Just make sure it's something that I can enjoy with a baguette. Had to, had to, you know, I always have silly jokes. Okay, on that playful note, thank you again for being present with Patricia and me today. It was such a gift to have this time with you. And speaking of gifts, here is next week's clue. Okay, here it is. You can't wrap it and put it under the tree, but it's definitely a gift. Mm, you curious? We'll look for more clues on social media at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. And then be sure to join Mike and me and our delicious guest for the last episode of season four. We have a few surprises in store for you. So be part of the fun next week and we'll catch you then. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to treat yourself by subscribing to the podcast. If today's show gave you a boost, consider giving us some love with a five-star rating and an enticing review. Interact with Mike and me all season long on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Looking for an affordable and effective way to market your services and products? Consider sponsoring the podcast. Email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about our sponsorship opportunities. Join us next Wednesday for more delicious life after divorce fun.